Joining us now for further insights on those market moves is Kwabas Portgita from Southern Cross Capital. Kwabas, always a pleasure to chat to you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Of course, we have to speak about Coronation because yesterday our broker had actually selected Coronation as their stock pick. Um, and today, Coronation is a completely different story. Let's talk about this tax bill that's come back to really haunt this company. It's, this is a fascinating situation. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't blame your broker for calling it because typically we see Coronation as highly correlated to the market. They do well with the market rallies and the Coronation share price had not reflected the rally we had seen in the JSC in December, December and Jan through December and January. So it did in fact look cheap. Um, I'm, I'm quite relieved we hadn't accumulated any coronation during that period because we had the same thesis going. This is quite a shock given that the Western Cape High Court had ruled in coronation's fav um, favour initially. But it seems that what this comes down to is definition. SARS has its own definition for what constitutes a South African domiciled business as opposed to, you know, the legal definition of that. And essentially it comes down to whether or not the core function of that business was being performed in South Africa or not. And it's quite obvious at least seemingly from from coronations and business plan that it was in fact being performed locally we know most of the investment management team do sit in cape town and uh and the the, the supreme court of appeal has taken the view that ultimately you know that means this is a South African entity and should have been taxed appropriately. As an investor in that stock, I, I'm disappointed that they have not quantified what the potential impact may be. Mm. And they are investors themselves. It's literally their profession. And therefore, we find it quite disappointing that they haven't been communicating more openly about what the potential impact could be actually quantifying that number and just letting the share flounder the way it is without having having any idea of, of what what the actual financial impact is going to be. One interesting point I would like to flag yeah. is uh, Coronation has a unique um, uh, structure in that they have written into the, the founding documents that accompanied the listing yeah. that 30% uh, of profit before tax is distributed to staff as bonuses sure. annually. And um, the same staff that set up the structure, managed the structure, essentially made the decisions to uh, uh, to go offshore and uh, set, this, set this business up the way they did and receive those bonuses. I would like to know if the staff will be chipping in um, for their 30% of whatever, uh, you know, illicit profit was, uh, was effectively made, um, at least in SARS's eyes, SARS's eyes through this process and see whether or not, uh, there are reprimands and whether or not the shareholders can, can get back some of that money. Because, uh, if it's ill-gotten gains to the shareholders, surely that means it's ill-gotten gains to the, uh, to the management as well. Absolutely. And, you know, um, what also becomes apparent to Corbis is that a dividend also becomes unlikely. I mean, you know, you're just going to bleed this money that you didn't expect to lose. Um, and, of course, that's just going to um, impact investors. And hence, we are seeing the sell-off of the share this morning. Yes, and there's no way to tell. Is it going to be one dividend? Is it going to be several dividends? Mm -hmm. Is that going to affect us for some time? Because again, they haven't quantified it. We don't know how aggressively they've been, they've been offshoring these earnings. 
um, I think, believe in the Republic of Ireland, the uh, effective tax rate is, uh, is only 10%. So the difference between 10 and 28% uh, is enormous. Um, so uh, there could be quite a lot given given the uh, the period, uh, the six year period that is being reassessed. There could be quite a big chunk of total earnings that has to be clawed back in the form of taxes. Quite a nice win for the for the treasury, of course. Uh, I must add, I believe part of the reason they haven't communicated the number is that they are weighing up their options. They've indicated they may go. There's one more. There's one more step, right, mm-hmm. in the legal system. They can Concord. go to the Concord. Sure. However, they might be looking to settle. They might mm-hmm. be saying to SARS, "Listen, guys, you know we had a we had a legitimate tax opinion. We acted in good faith. Let's uh, meet each other halfway. Well, from now on, we will declare this income." Um, appropriately and in the meantime give us a break you know maybe have us only pay a portion of of this assessed uh, assessed tax bill so uh, it'll be interesting to see how this how this comes out on the wash but as you can see seeing that they haven't quantified it the market doesn't like the impact that this doesn't like the uncertainty and uh, the share price is being punished and nobody knows where you know nobody knows uh, how bad this could be now, another company, Corbis, that is, uh, you know, trying to clean itself up is Steinhoff. They're about to become a minority shareholder in Pepco. I wonder if this is really a train smash, though. They can always buy these shares back later. Um, but what's important now is that they need this cash flow. Yes, yes. So, uh, I mean, this, that's an interesting one. Um, not unexpected. They did the law of the, the last round of selling. They did indicate, you know, it's a strategic holding and they want to hold on to it. And, and I found it a little bit surprising that, uh, uh, that they were willing to just sort of unceremoniously lose effective control by going underneath that 51% threshold. But uh, at the same time, we know the creditors are effectively taking control of this business and they just want their money back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you've lent, you've lent a business money, you're not in the business of owning shares. <laughs> so uh, um, so they need to recoup, recoup those bond holdings. And ultimately, I think uh, maybe some reality is dawning on the, sh- on the Steinhoff share prices. They are between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. If they vote through the proposed restructuring, well, let's say they, they refuse the proposed restructuring. Effectively, they, they're going to end up with nothing. So the share is worth nothing because the, uh, the, the bondholders, the debt holders will take ownership of the business effectively. The shareholders will be diluted to almost nothing. If they approve that deal, um, they will retain a small percentage of the, of the equity value in the business. Mm-hmm. However, it will be delisted and a lot of shareholders I mean, we know these are funds. These are unit trusts. They're not a lot of them are not allowed to hold unlisted equity. So for that reason, they have to exit anyway. So there should be that that overhang on the stock anyway. So um, I guess maybe the the sell off in in Pep has sort of it's dawned upon it's dawned upon shareholders that uh, that this restructuring is taking place, mm-hmm. and uh, and they are caught between a rock and a hard place. You know, either it's with nothing or it's with something, but in the unlisted space, and I can't necessarily own anything in the unlisted space. So that's perhaps what we are seeing in that sign of share price today. Oh, well, Corbus, we are out of time. Disappointed. I had so much more to speak to you about, but we'll hopefully chat very very soon. Thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure. That was Southern Cross Capitals, Corbus Bortrita.